Welcome back to the Don't Stop Me Now podcast, where being negative can be a good thing and being positive can turn the world against you. Hello, I'm your host, Jennifer Vaughn, and I'm here to hopefully entertain you. It's been a while. I completely forgot. I'm just going to jump right into it. By the way, if you're not watching and you're listening on um, Spotify or or, um, Apple, you're missing the show. I'm in a bra. Well, it's actually like a I don't know, a jog bra kind of, I think it's technically a bra at Target, but it doesn't matter because it looks like a bikini top really, but I am in a bikini. I'm wearing a bikini for my podcast today and there's my tattoo. So if you want to see me, um, half naked, you can, um, tune into my YouTube channel and see me from there with no shirt on. So exciting. Okay. Um, so the last podcast I did, I totally forgot to mention because I had talked about the whole basketball thing with Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics and how that whole thing was going down and how exciting that was and that more than likely the Celtics were, were going to win at home because that was their their big game. It was going to be game seven and it was at home. So more than likely they would just win there. Miami won. Could not believe it. So they won in Boston, took that um, possibility away from Boston to be the first team to ever come back from like a 3-0 deficit and win their title. It didn't happen. So they got really close, but they didn't win it. So Miami won. They went on to play Denver with Nikola Jokic and he's like my favorite player. So was Aaron Gordon. Oh my goodness. This man is handsome. Jesus. Anyways, um, I'm just going to, I'm not going to go into the whole final Denver one. I think they won it after the third, it was three to one. Denver had three, Miami had one win and then Denver won it, um, in Denver. So it was quite exciting. And now I have like nothing to watch on YouTube TV until football season starts. And I'm so bummed. I did buy the NFL season ticket. Um, but you know, we have to wait another, I guess, couple months, a few months till that starts. So, cause I'm not going to watch baseball. It's just it's boring. I'll go to a baseball game, but I really don't want to watch, um, baseball. Come here, Olive. You want to see Olive? See if I can, she puts her claws in the ground and I can't get her. Come here, fatty. Just really quick, really quick. This is Olive. There's Olive. There she goes. She doesn't like to be held. There's fur everywhere now. Okay. Um, the next thing I wanted to bring, bring up is there is, um, in the last few weeks or a few weeks ago, people had been sending me articles about this restaurant in Toronto. It's an HIV run restaurant. Everybody, it's a pop-up restaurant. Everybody in the restaurant has HIV. And apparently you're a big, big hero if you go there and eat food made by people with HIV and food that's served by people who have HIV. You're how brave of you. And so I, I cannot stand this idea. I think it's weird Um, I have HIV and I don't want to think about everybody in the restaurant having HIV and serving me food. Like I don't want to think about viruses and the food going in my mouth. I understand obviously there's zero risk of transmitting, um, HIV through food. I obviously, but I don't want to think about HIV when I go eat dinner. I, that's not like appetizing to me. And also as somebody else pointed out to me that it really does like, we're supposed to like blend in, right? That's the whole point of like trying to get people to understand HIV is that we're like everybody else, right? We're, we're undetectable when we're on treatment. There's, there's no difference here. We're not like anybody, we're not, we're not 
um, we're not the same as everybody else. <laughs> we're not any different than anybody else, basically, right? So it, it really does set everybody apart with HIV when you make a restaurant and everybody in it serving it. I mean, I understand their point. I still don't like it. I just think it's like, I don't think it's good for stigma. I really don't. And I, everybody was sending me the article and I know people wanted me to be happy about it, but I'm honestly just annoyed by the whole thing. And so I did, I expressed that through my Instagram and, you know, I was nice to the people that sent me the article. Obviously I'm not mad at anybody for sending me that. I just don't, I don't like the idea of it. I just don't. So every time that one of those pop-up restaurants comes up, um, I'm probably going to say the same thing about it. And just, it's like, uh, just, I don't know. How is this helping anything? Oh, my daughter's calling me. Okay. She went away. Um, and also speaking of restaurants and stores and all that, when we go to stores today, everyone says, welcome in. I can't stand this phrase. I don't, it sounds to me really trendy. It doesn't feel natural. No one's ever said that this is a new thing. And apparently we all should say it. And I just, I can't stand it. Welcome in. Ew. Like how about just hire welcome? I don't know. It does feel like it started somewhere and everyone decided this is what we should say when we go into like literally all my kids are calling me. I told my son that I was going to record a podcast and as soon as I go upstairs and get everything situated, he decides that he needs to take a poop in my bathroom because the toilet's higher. I said, I, and then he wants to take a shower. He says, I said, are you serious? You've been sitting down here with me for two hours. And just as I start bringing everything up, you have to go and use my restroom and like shower in my shower. And he's like, well, how long are you going to be? I said, it'll take me an hour. He said, okay, I'll wait. Like you can't use the toilet downstairs anyway. So <coughs> sorry, getting over a cold. That's another reason why I haven't done a podcast done a podcast. I have, um, I had a cold like three weeks ago, got an ear infection a week later, went and got the antibiotics. I took those for a week. And then oh, like before that week was up, I got another cold, I think, or maybe it was like five days later, um, from my daughter. She was in my car. She had a cold, she coughed really hard. And I thought, that's it. I'm going to get sick. Two days later, I'm like sick. And so I got two colds in a month. They were different colds, but yeah, so it kind of wiped me out again. And I, you know, got all the still hacking up green shit and all that good stuff. And, um, I managed to stay going to work at the summer school, um, job that I have, but it was really rough. I was like coming home and sleeping as soon as I got home. Like I was so exhausted and just didn't feel good. So, but I feel fine now. I still have some crap in my throat, but I feel better. Um, okay. Two things. And then I'm going to get into my only just one story today. I had another one I could tell, but I'm going to wait to tell it. And somebody did write to me. I can't remember your name offhand and you know who you are, but you wrote to me and had a disclosure dating story. I haven't even read it yet. I know it's there in my emails and I will read it. Um, and I will share it. I promise. Um, probably the next podcast. I just really wanted to do this other story first and just focus on it completely while it's fresh in my head, but I will, I promise I will read that. Um, the word, um, um, for that, that, uh, tendon on the back of your foot on the back of your, you know, that big tendon right there. So it's spelled A C H I L L E S. I know this is called your Achilles tendon. I have heard two people in the last month pronounce this Achilles, Achilles. 
And these were grown people. Like, how do you go through your life and not know that that's called the Achilles tendon? Not Achilles. Achil I mean, I understand it's spelled C-H, but I don't know. I've never said it that way. I can't believe that anybody... That'd be like saying instead of tortilla, tortilla. Like, how do people not know that? And then both of my kids, I kid you not, both of my kids, my daughter Ryan and my son Owen, referred to an Acura both of them as an Acura. That car right there, the Acura. Acura? Like Shakira. Are you kidding? Acura. So anyways, they laughed. They couldn't believe how wrong they got it. They believed me that they had it wrong, but yeah, goddamn. Acura. My gosh. Okay. All right. Let's get into the dating story. Um, I will not say his real name because it's so different that you might be able to find him because his name is really not usual. It's a name I'd never heard before. So we're going to call him Sam. Um, so I'm on Hinge and I see Sam and for fun, I decide, well, first of all, I'm going to say that I showed his pictures on my close friend story. I said, why are there gay guys on Hinge? So he's got a voice memo on his, um, on his hinge profile. He sounds gay and he looked gay. He had a lot of filters in his picture. He had a picture with some, um, gaming headphones on and he's pointing to the headphones like, mm, look at me. Aren't I cute? Th that picture was totally filtered. It was all smoothed out, looked very, the whole like way he was pointing his finger at himself. All of that looked super gay. So I put it on my close friend story. They're all gay. Even gay guys are saying to me, gay. And so I play his voice memo. His voice memo is talking about his perfect day, how he would get up in the morning while looking out of the sunny window, drink his hot chai, and then he'd go out to the beach, walk in the sandy sand. I mean, literally like every single thing he talked about described, it was like the, the cool water, the hot sun. It was like, oh my God, like it sounded like, and I'm not kidding, like a Harlequin novel. It was just over the top, not masculine in any way. So I, I match this guy. No, I didn't match with him on hinge. You can like a photo or you can send them a comment. So I send him a comment and I said something to the effect, like, um, how are you? Like, there's no way you're straight. Like, come on, you can't be straight, you know, something to that effect. And I do have on my hinge profile in my description that, um, one thing that I can't, what is the prompt? Something, one thing I'm pretty sure about or something is that every man is a little gay. Like the, I do have that in my profile also. So I guess he saw that. So he decides to, and I think when he reads what I said to him, he's going to unmatch me, not unmatch me, but he's just going to delete me immediately because what guy is going to put up with some woman saying, you know, you'll look and you sound pretty gay. You know, I don't believe that you're straight. So he writes back and he says, I couldn't believe it. I thought he would like delete me or delete, you know, the possibility of meeting me. But he says, I'm not gay. I'm hundred percent straight, super comfortable in my sexuality. And maybe you'll have to meet me to find out. Cause I said something like the math is not mathing. And he goes, maybe you need a new math equation. So I said, you know, something like, really, you're, 
you're not like I'm surprised and there's a picture of him with a guy who looks gay also standing on the beach somewhere like near the crow's nest in Capitola and he has his arm around this guy and I said are you sure you haven't kissed that guy and he goes no that's my friend Phil I don't want to kiss Phil and I never have kissed Phil the thought of being with a man or even watching men together isn't something that turns me on so he's just like very firm in his like not being gay. Also not offended by me kind of continuing to like question it, which I was like impressed by. And so then now I'm a little impressed because he isn't annoyed with me and didn't automatically get rid of me. I'm like, that's confidence. Okay. And so he keeps wanting to know more about me. And I'm thinking, wow, interesting. So he says, maybe you just need to meet me in person to find out. So we start going back and forth and I'm now I'm kind of enjoying this because I'm asking people, I don't, you know, through my close friend story, I'm like kind of giving them the, while it's happening, you know, what he's telling me. And I'm like, I don't know what to make of this guy. And, and, oh, and he asked me, I, I said, okay, here's a test. Tell me what your favorite part of a woman is physically. Just wanted to see what he would say. He writes out this long message about like, I don't have it anymore, but he wrote this long message about, um, just like posture first and the curve of a woman's back while gazing at the side and getting a little bit of, um, side boob. And then he went into this whole, like very much like a romance novel of how, you know, getting, you know, pulling someone in, feeling the softness of their wet lips pressing against his, feeling the bulge of his, he said, cock, um, pressed hard against that soft mound of a woman, you know, like, I mean, it was, it was crazy. And I'm like, I'm blushing. I don't even know what to make of this. Like what guy writes like this, right? So I'm sharing this with my close friends and they're just like, this is so over the top. So I'm still like, nah, this is like, come on. I don't, I don't get it. This is just too weird. You've got to be, you've got to be gay. So, um, but but then I'm like, no, because he's, he's had a good time with me and he's been nice and he hasn't, he's been nothing but, you know, you know, he's continually saying, no, I'm, I'm not. And I'm not offended by you saying that because I know I'm not. So it doesn't bother me. So I keep looking at his photos and I'm not really sure what I think. He said he had seen me before, but he was afraid to reach out because he said, I know I'm, I don't meet your height requirement. And I said, it's not your height it's that I thought you were gay. That's why I didn't like match with you. Pardon me. <laughs> match with you. So hold on. So it wasn't, it wasn't the height for the most part. It really was because I thought he was gay. So we end up having more and more messages. And so all of a sudden he voice memos me and he leaves me a uh, kind of a detailed message. And so I'm getting to hear more of his voice and more of him speaking. He's intelligent. I can tell that by the way that he speaks and his use of words and his, he's got an ease with how he speaks. And I felt like he was taking the time to want me to know him better. And he basically said, you know, we can keep going through voice memo or we can talk on the phone, whatever you prefer. He was very nice and accommodating. I said my son was home and I didn't want him to like think it was weird if I was on the phone with somebody. He said, I completely understand. I have kids also, so that's fine. And I was like, no freaking way, you have kids? So then I find out he's got a 14 and an 11 year old. And I'm like, oh my God, you're a daddy. Like I did not, okay. Now I'm feeling this new connection with him because 
of the kids. I think that's so cool. So, um, I don't know what his situation is, you know, of course, um, with regards to the mom and all that yet. And so, um, we keep going back and forth. His memos I notice are quite long. He can elaborate for a long time, but it was fine. I was enjoying listening to them and I was leaving him. Mine were about two minutes long, three minutes long here like that, but his were like four and five minutes long. Um, and it only lets you go up to five minutes and then you have to like start a new one. So, um, he tells me, he decides to tell me, divulge some pretty big information about his life that I think he had planned on waiting on telling me in person, but he said, okay, I'm just going to tell you now. So he said that in 2019, his wife had been on a diving expedition off the coast of California. It was called the Conception, the name of the boat. Um, uh, it was one of the biggest maritime accidents in the history of California. That boat caught on fire at three in the morning and virtually everybody on board perished. And she, they were all down below and like triple bunked down below and people, they could not get out from the sleeping quarters down below. So the only people that survived were like four crew members that were sleeping in top quarters and they were able to get off the boat and, um, get onto like a, a little dinghy or whatever, but everybody died. So his wife died. So now I'm like, oh my God, I feel so bad. Like here I'm giving this guy a hard time about being gay and he's been through like the most traumatic thing ever. He lost his wife in a boat fire and he's got two young children. Like I'm, I just feel so bad. So now I'm like, oh, I mean, I feel like a completely different way about him, right? So he's become very human to me now. And I feel honored that he's sharing the story with me. And, you know, he's, he sounds like a really nice guy who's been through a very hard time. And he sounds like he's very sound about it. Like he's, he's dealt with the, um, the loss and he's ready to move on. It's not something that he just started doing. He has dated people. Um, <laughs> he said he processed all of the, you know, the, um, the loss. And, um, he's in a really good place and he's ready to, he said, although I really like my, my freedom, cause I told him I really like my freedom as a single person. He said, I really would like to find a life partner. He had been married or with her for 25 years. He's 48. Um, so he had been with her for a long time. They were like high school sweethearts, but he said at the same time, there is that part of me that's really excited about being near new people. Like, and, you know, sexually, like exploring all of that with new people. And like, I mean, he's making me feel like you're the one I want to do with this with. Like, I'm excited to meet you. And he had said several times some very complimentary things about the way that I looked, my eyes. And I was like, just wait, because, you know, you haven't met me. Maybe in person, you're not going to like the way I look. Maybe I look more wrinkled in person. And he goes, well, we both have wrinkles so we can laugh about that in person or whatever. So I'm like, okay, he gets it. Cause he is 48 and I could tell that one picture was definitely doctored. So like, yeah, of course he probably has wrinkles. Um, so I felt more at ease about him seeing me in person even because I do get nervous with all these compliments. It's like, shit, you might not like me in person, like calm down, you know, but he just seemed really nice. I went to bed that night. We talked back and forth on memo, maybe like four or five times. And then I had to go to bed cause I had to be up early. So, um, the next day I'm like, um, I had to go to my job and then I was going to go meet him when I dropped off Owen at his first day of work at the boardwalk. And I had like six hours to kill. And so we were going to meet, um, up at West Cliff drive. And I had told my mom the night before this guy, I mean, 
this guy is so nice. Like, I really judged him incorrectly by thinking he was gay and, you know, going from pictures and just hearing his voice, his inflections, thinking he sounded gay. And I mean, I could have messed up, messed up on this perfect opportunity to miss this amazing man, right? This is where my head is now. So I, all morning, I'm super excited. I'm so excited. I'm thinking about this date all morning while I'm at work. Can't wait to go get out of work so I can go pick Owen up from the house and then rush to Santa Cruz, get up to Westcliff and go meet him. So we get, Owen and I get stuck in so much traffic trying to get to Santa Cruz. It was so frustrating. So we finally get to Santa Cruz. I get Owen off to his job. I literally have, it's like 1241. We're supposed to meet at 1245. And he's like, we can meet at 1235, 1245, one o'clock, whatever works for you. Like the guy was nothing but super accommodating. I'm just like, oh my God, he's such a gentleman. So I want to make it there on time. We haven't said anything to each other that day which I thought was a little strange, but it's okay. Like we had just planned it the night before. So I didn't want to like be texting him stuff the day of. So, um, unless he wrote something to me, I did check the app several times and he didn't write anything to me. So I just let it go. Um, so I get up to Westcliff drive, I park and I, now I'm nervous. The second I get up to Westcliff drive, I'm nervous. I had been excited all day and looking forward to it. And in my mind, it was like, this is like gonna be a piece of cake meetup because this was totally unplanned. It was just sort of like flying by the seat of our pants. Hey, let's just do this tomorrow. I mean, oh, and by the way, he was so available because he's retired. He said that he had planned for early retirement because he wanted to be basically a stay-home dad and that, you know, and he lives in Felton, like he has a house. And so I'm like thinking, what, what the, f like, what job did this guy have that he's able to like not work at 48 and stay home. And so he said, you know, I'm, I'm free basically, you know, I can meet you anytime. And so I was like, this is just amazing. Like this guy is free. And oh, and by the way, he had lived in Watsonville when he first came to Watsonville, he'd lived like right around the corner from where I live. Like he explained where it was. And I was like, and that house is still here. A lot of stuff is like gone and been rebuilt, but that one particular house, um, is still here. And so I was like, we were like, it was kind of neat. We had that in common. Um, he used to skate when I found out that he used to skate and we talked about some of like the skate stuff that he would do. I'm like, okay, he's not gay. Cause guys that skate are not gay. Like, so I'm just like, okay, he's like a dude. He is. So I was excited about all that. And he had gone to Aptos High. So he was there at the same time as my ex-husband or maybe one of his sisters. Um, he didn't remember them or the names or anything or even the name on the gym. He just didn't remember any of it. But anyway, um, he, because uh, I thought for sure he was going to know my ex-husband's last name, but he didn't. But he was um, like... I don't know. He'd graduated like four years after us. So maybe he missed him. But anyways, he, so he's like, that's crazy. Your son's at Aptos High. So he felt like it was fun to have these little similarities of like where we kind of crossed over and, um, had some, you know, things that were in common. So, um, uh, okay. So where am I? I was up at Westcliff. I'm looking for him. Now I'm nervous and I don't see him. It's 1245 and I'm walking out to the lighthouse area to the point where the people surf. I see nobody that's looking like him at all. There's not a lot of people around. I see nobody by the lighthouse. I check the app and he says, I'm over by the surf statue. I'm going to start walking your way. I said, okay, great. So I'm like nervous and I, I see somebody coming and I'm like, I mean, I knew he was a little bit shorter than me and I knew he had dark hair. And I have to say in one picture, I thought he looked like Jafar from, um, 
Aladdin. Like he's got a blackish thin kind of beard. He's got, um, his, his background was native, um, American, Eastern Asian, um, Caucasian and something else. And he was born and raised in Hawaii, but that doesn't mean he was Hawaiian. I, I can't remember. He, but so anyways, he has a total mix, but I would say in person, he was sort of a mix of like something darker, but like almost like Irish skin. Cause he had some like freckles on his arms. Anyways, I see him walking up and I'm right away. It's that instant. I don't think, I don't think he's my type. But I'm going to go with it because I like everything that we had talked about and how nice the conversation had been the night before. And I'm not 100% sure physically. I'm not into him. I'm just not. But I'm not like, it's not that immediate, like, yes, he's hot. It wasn't at all. Um, what I noticed right away, because I said to him, I said, hey, is that you? And he's like, hey. And, and I'm just feeling like he's going to see this blonde, tall lady. I had tight jeans on with flip flops and I had a sweatshirt on that he's going to, you know, find me attractive because I usually get that, right? And not that he didn't say I was attractive, but so he gives me a really nice hug. He's very muscular and I made him, I made mention of it. Not very muscular, but he's stocky basically. And when he hugged me, it was a tight hug. And I was like, oh my God, you've got, you're muscly, you know? And so I did kind of like comment in that way about that. And then we go and kind of walk over to the railing and he takes his glasses off. And I take my glasses off just for a second so we can look at each other's eyes. His eyes are very light and they kind of are confusing with everything else that's going on with his, um, his tone and his, the dark in his beard and all that. And by the way, he had a baseball hat on, very tight jeans, brown loafers like the loafers were an ick for me honestly like I'm but I think he wanted to have a little bit of a heel so that we would be closer to the same height um and like a tight kind of like cotton mm, royal blue shirt had like just like one button open here you know at the neckline um and he had like a necklace on with some kind of like almost like it looked like a wood cookie I don't remember what it was something hippie-ish so anyways he says why don't Oh, so we take each other, we look at each other's faces and I'm still like, I don't know, like he had a nice smile, but I didn't, again, it was more like when I saw his face, it was more like uneasy, but not, you know, I don't know. It just wasn't hitting me the right way, but I didn't want to say no because he seemed nice and he had a nice smile. And he, when he saw my face or my eyes, he said, hmm, and he did an up and down of my body. So I was like, I thought, you know, he, he's into me. So we go for a walk. He says, you lead the way wherever you want to go. So I start heading out. We go, we start walking out towards where the, there's, um, from the storms, there was, um, basically the side of the side of the, the side of the side of the, um, the beach wall came down. There was boulders that went into the ocean and the beach wall came down and then part of the street came down from West Cliff. So I really wanted to kind of see that anyways in person. So we went and looked at that and then we turned around and walked back the other way. And then we sat, we took the stick. Well, no, he had to go get some water and put it in his water bottle. I really, honestly, I feel like he was on his phone um, during that time, like he was texting cause he like went right for his phone. Um, he seemed, he had pulled his phone out a few times, which I kind of thought was rude, but whatever. So he walked back up, back up with his phone and then we walked down the stairs and I said, why don't we sit down, you know, here on the rocks, we can talk while we're watching the surfers down there. It was less windy and all that. So, you know, we sat and talked. Um, I realized during all of our talking that, um, he's talking 
he's doing lots of talking. And it's ironic because I had even told him the night before that he had um, masculine energy and not feminine energy in that he was asking me questions about myself and complimenting me and never seeking compliments. I learned this on TikTok. So um, he wasn't seeking that. So I really found that he was like, yeah, he's the masculine energy that you want from a man. And I told him that. And so the next day when we we're talking, he even brings that up that um, this whole thing about he gets really philosophical about like masculine energy and feminine energy. And the the um, you hear a dog outside, um, the patriarchy and how women fit into this and how he's so sympathetic in that way. And then he took a bunch of women's studies classes at UCSE and it really helped him for the job that he ended up having there for a very long time. This is why he has so much money and why he's retired because he got to live on campus for like many, many, many years. Like, I don't even know, 15 years, maybe. Um, he was a, the director of like the RAs on campus. Okay. So the resident assistants is that what they call those people the those are like the students who are in charge of the students but he's in charge of those RAs I guess so he was able to have his wife on campus with him they had free housing their kids grew up on campus and he got paid for the job he had free housing and got paid for the job so he saved up for a long long time because he said he had been raised by a single mom who he saw you know kick ass and struggle for a long time to raise many kids like four kids I guess alone and he just didn't want that to be his life later on. So kudos to him. That's awesome. So he's a wealthy guy. We got into talking about stocks at one point and he said something about losing like 150,000. And I was like, and he said of like 350,000, I don't think he should have shared financial information with me. I don't think that was like cool. I found it, I found it to be a bit of like a bragging moment for him, um, where I said something about losing $4,000 in this one stock. And he was like kind of poo-pooing that saying like, that's like nothing, $4,000. I'm like, well, for, for me, it was kind of a lot of money and I wasn't so happy about it. Um, but anyways, that's beside the point. So, um, just to give you an idea of where he's coming from. So at this point down on the rocks, he's doing tons and tons of like, everything's been about him. It's about his job. It's about, you know, where he lived on campus and how all of that worked in, you know, his degree and how, you know, he's really, um, um, evolved and he's this like man who really understands women and, and all this stuff. So I'm just like, and you know, as I'm listening to this after a while, I just all of a sudden dawned on me that he, I wasn't talking and he wasn't asking me shit. And that I know that he, at this point, I can tell he likes to talk about himself and he likes to talk and he likes to have people listen to him talk because he thinks he's very intelligent. And so I was like, that kind of gave me a bad feeling, even though I thought he had a nice smile. That's, I will say, I thought he had a nice smile and nice lips. Um, cause that's all I could really see because he had a baseball hat on and sunglasses. So I wasn't ever really seeing his true face. All I could see was his teeth, but at least I was looking at him because I don't, I don't feel like he was even looking at me anymore. So anyways, we, there's some dude that ends up walking up behind us while we're down sitting on the rocks and he's standing right behind us. It's an, it's a homeless guy with mental health issues, obviously. And he's spouting about the police and shooting people and, you know, some kind of rights. I can't remember exactly what he was talking about. Um, we were trying not to like we were kind of trying to ignore it, but it was a little unsettling because it was just the three of us right there. And he's screaming out at the ocean about wanting to shoot cops in the face. And we're just like, let's get up and go. So we decide, um, 
to go. So we walk a different direction. We go and sit and we continue to talk. Again, all of the conversation was about him. And all of a sudden I'm realizing that there's been some lulls in the conversation and I'm filling them and he's not trying to fill them. So, um, so we're sitting there on this bench and I said, well, you do have any questions for me? You know, like what, is there anything you want to know about me? Cause I'm kind of like, um, <laughs> I don't even know why there's lulls in the conversation. Like, I think I've been a really nice, you know, person to hang out with right now. And I'm not even understanding why you're not showing a little bit of interest. So he says, well, so why are you, what are you looking for? Um, as far as like, you know, on these apps. And I had already told him, um, the night before that I had basically, I date younger guys to avoid the whole, you know, anything serious kind of thing, because I don't really want that in my life. And, but, and we had, you know, he said that too. I mean, he kind of like understood, you know, being alone and single and enjoying doing whatever you want on your own, but he does want like a life partner. Of course he's had a life partner that really was one that worked out well. And so, um, he comes from that place, you know, long-term marriage. He's never really even had a breakup. I mean, I know he dated a couple women from apps, but for the most part, he's had one long successful relationship. Um, and so when he asked me that, I said, well, again, like I've dated younger guys to avoid any kind of relationship. And basically I like them because they're in better shape. Um, they have more hair, they're not going bald and they are better looking. Um, I think I mentioned the hair thing twice and I, I might've even laughed about it. Um, so, and I'll get back to that in a second and why that's significant. So, um, he's, he, so he, he's like, okay. And you know, I mean, he didn't seem bothered by any of that, but it, all of a sudden he kind of scoots himself forward on the bench and he sort of turned to face me and I didn't know what was happening. I was like, is he going to like try to kiss me? Like, what is he doing? And all of a sudden he says, you know, um, yeah, my kids keep texting me. I need to wrap this up. I'm going to have to go. Um, I got some stuff I got to get done. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's fine. No problem. Um, you know, I've got the rest of the day to go to Trader Joe's and um, Costco and, you know, check out more of the surf if I wanted to, um, alone <laughs> and not have to try to make conversation with somebody. So mm, we get up and he said, well, it was, thanks for meeting me. He gives me a super high, high, tight hug, height tug, tight hug again, like really tight hug. And it was really nice. And I said, mm, thanks. I said, it was really nice meeting you too. And he goes, okay, goodbye. I think he said goodbye. And I said, okay, see ya. And I walked away and I knew immediately, immediately because of the, it was nice meeting you. Oh, and also during that conversation at the bench, we had talked about um, going on other dates with people and people not being honest and things being weird after. And I, in that moment, didn't realize what was going to happen after this date. I thought he was going to want to see me again. So I say to him that this one guy that I had met, um, had wanted to see me again after we said goodbye. He actually initiated it. And then he never talked to me again and he wouldn't even follow up when I texted him. And he said, yeah, that's really rude. People really need to be honest and not play games like that. It's like honesty is the best policy. Ghosting is really immature and people should just be really honest. I said, exactly. So, um, anyways, uh, and he did say also that he'd gone on a date with this one woman who definitely 
was 10 years older than her pictures. She came in yoga pants. She was overweight. She had like rainbow eyeshadow. She had tons of makeup on and she was, um, talked about like her sexuality, like the whole time that she could make herself have an orgasm just by thinking, thinking about it and that she like has them all day long and it's like no big deal. And I'm like, that's like weird. And she's full of it also, you know, like we were both kind of laughing about that together. So, he's sharing with me bad dates and I'm making, I'm feeling like I'm a good date, right? Cause I feel like I've been a good date. So when he leaves and says, it was nice meeting you and that was, that was it. And we walk away. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I have a feeling that that was it. And I didn't really know how I felt in that moment. I felt like we did have some, what of a connection while we were talking. I felt like we got along well. Um, we had things in common like surfing and skateboarding and snowboarding. Um, so there was like, that's really all I talked about, honestly, were those sports and like places I'd traveled. That's really, he never asked me about my job and I only offered that stuff because I was trying to make conversation. He never like asked me about those things. Um, but of course I got to hear all about his skateboarding and all of that. So, um, so anyways, I'm walking to my car and I'm like, do I say anything to him or do I just let it go and wait till he replies and says something to me? So I decide not to say anything, but I'm really like, on edge because I feel like something's coming. And <clears throat> sure enough, I was right. So about two hours later, I get a message from him and um, he says, um, oh, and before, before really quick, when we got that, when we did the hug goodbye, I mentioned like, again, that he's in nice shape. And he says, well, that's what retirement gets you, huh? You get plenty of time to exercise. It was like, I don't know, it just was so inappropriate to say to a single mom who does work full time. I don't know. Again, it's just like bragging about his money, bragging about his free time and that, you know, he has time to like be in better shape because he's got all this freedom. It's just like, I don't know. I don't know who, who says that to a woman, but whatever. So something smells weird. I feel like something's burning. I don't know what it is. Okay. So, um, this is the message I get. Jennifer, thanks for meeting up today. And by the way, it's two paragraphs. As soon as I saw that, I'm like, oh God, here we go. And I was already having an anxiety attack. Um, thanks for meeting up today and enjoying the walk along Westcliff. I enjoyed our time together and the good conversation. I want to be completely honest and let you know I didn't feel the chemistry or physical attraction. <laughs> I just realized this light's like not on me at all. Didn't feel the physical attraction. Okay. I'm like, Oh, okay. That hurt. <laughs> okay. And then he says, and I really thought I looked my best. Like my hair looked nice. My makeup is very light as it is, but it's like, I don't know. I'm not a troll. I'm not like, you know, this, like, um, what's the one, this, a cyclops, you know, I think I'm a fairly, you know, attractive woman, you know, for 52. And so, and then he says, while we could always go for another walk in the future, I just wanted to let you know how things sat for me. If you're looking for more than that, I can't provide. Best of luck to you and everything, no matter what. I hope you find what you're looking for. And then he gives me a wink. Okay. So I, I, I didn't get that message right away because I was having some issues with, um, internet and like just the, um, LTE around Santa Cruz for some reason. So by the time I got it, it had been 45 minutes that he had sent it. So I start, I, I start writing what I want to say, like, 
um, like, hey, it wasn't really necessary to say that you weren't physically attracted to me. Just a heads up, like saying there was no chemistry would have been enough. Like just a heads up for other future dates. Like, and it's sort of like, wasn't really necessary to say that. And it's, you know, just to have some tact for future dates. Like I wanted to give him like some advice and then I'm like, nope, nope. So I'm like erasing, erasing, trying to write other stuff and I keep erasing. So I finally come up with, and I wish I had said something different. I'll tell you after what I wish I had said, but I said, hey, no worries. I wasn't feeling it either physically or chemistry wise. So I gave him a dose of his own fucking medicine and I said, good luck to you as well. And then uh, that was it. And I put a thumbs up and like hours later, what I really wanted to do was unmatch him, but I couldn't because I wanted to make sure that he saw my message. So I waited and waited and honestly with a ton of anxiety thinking that he's going to come back and say something really shitty to me um, or have some long drawn out, you know, verbiage for me because he seems to like always have so much to say. But about five or six hours later, he puts a smiley face and a thumbs up. That was his only response, which was fine. So I unmatched him at that point. But in the meantime, I've shared all of this shit on my close friend story. And I've got to tell you, when I read what he wrote, I didn't feel the chemistry or physical attraction. It was such a gut punch to my ego. It hurt so much because I felt like this was supposed to just be a little whatever, like, light meetup with somebody that I hadn't even been interested in. I, you know, they kind of coerced me into like going on this date. They really made themselves sound like a pretty amazing person the night before. I got all excited about somebody that I had never even wanted to match with. This is somebody that I literally said, I never matched with you because I thought you were gay. Like I, that's where I had come from. And then I was all turned around because of, you know, the conversation the night before and all of the flowery wording that he's using toward me and he sucked me in. So I go on this meetup, really looking forward to it, thinking what could go wrong. This is just, you know, going to be so easy and so nice. We might even spend six hours together, right? I had no clue. I was in my mind thinking this was going to be so much fun. And I end up getting a sucker punch instead. And I know in his mind, I'm pretty sure he thinks that he is really handling dating protocol the right way by being honest and upfront. But he was more honest than he needed to be. And I know he didn't say, you're not physically attractive to me. He didn't say that. He just said, I don't feel the chemistry or physical attraction. And I know there's a slight difference in that. And he's not saying you're not physically attractive. He's just saying, I didn't feel the physical attraction. But in my mind, that feels like um, you didn't make my dick move. Like, and, and also for him to give me this pity response next saying, I'd be willing to go for a walk with you in the future as if like, I'm so into him, like he's Brad Pitt, but I can't provide anything beyond that. Like I, I, I can't give you me sexually, which as a woman, and we are always kind of told that men will do anything to be with a woman like that it doesn't matter that if you have cellulite or you're a little overweight or your hair's not done right, or you don't have enough makeup on, they don't care. They just want to have sex. They don't care. So to have a man basically tell me I'd be willing to meet you again and go for a walk, but it's nothing's going to happen because I'm not, you don't make my dick move basically. Like how insulting, like so presumptuous too, that he would think that I was totally into him. So he wrote all that thinking 
that I wanted him, where I didn't give any indication one way or the other how I felt about him. So I thought, very, very arrogant of him. So I shared a lot of this um, on my close friend story, and people were uh, just blown away. And I was... Um, I'll get to that. Okay. So people were blown away because they just said, that's first of all, my friend Keith said that that's not how a gentleman speaks to a woman. There's a very tactful way to, to handle that. And you could have just said, I didn't feel the chemistry. I didn't feel that there was a match in energy. I think our lives are too different. There's so many different ways. Even myself, I would never tell a man I wasn't attracted to you. I can't, I just can't do it. And I really feel like that's what he said, even though he just said, I didn't feel the physical attraction. That's, it's essentially the same thing. Um, and so somebody had said to me that that message was a narcissistic manipulative attack with a sugar-coated knife. And I just love the way they wrote that because that's exactly how it felt. He said it with a smile on his face, like he felt like he was saying everything in a very nice way, and I should take it as such, but he was really digging a knife into my my gut at the same time. Like, it was very, very mean, and not very um, woman studies of him to know how to speak to women when he seems so, you know, educated on the patriarchy and how it affects the female society. Yet he writes this message to me like this. I think he really thinks he did well, honestly. But then again, I think he also might have wanted revenge. And this is why. So, um, I am sharing this through my close friend story and people are doing some digging because his wife was on this ship and I had shared the first name of him um, in my close friend story. People were able to find him on the internet pictures, more pictures of him because they showed pictures of all of the, those who perished. And someone shared with me a picture of her and he had already, he had also told me that he's extremely picky and then that's a re another reason why he wanted to go on a date with me because he is very picky and he could tell from my pictures that I was of his, you know, up to his standards, basically. Mm. So I see a picture of his wife. It's sent to me. I am shocked. And I say this with all due respect, rest in peace to her because she doesn't deserve anything bad in any way. It's more so just me trying to understand his thinking. She was a heavier woman, I would say, not a very, like, not somebody who had any kind of, like, muscle tone or anything, a very um, simple haircut, like, straight hair tucked behind her ears. Um, I, it looked sort of reddish to me with gray coming in that wasn't being, you know, taken care of. Very natural looking, no makeup, um, freckles, I mean, just very plain. I would say she was a very plain Jane. In fact, she didn't look like a, they were an odd match. I would have to say they met, like I said, they met in high school. They were together through college and everything. But so, but they, they really looked different. They really did. But anyway, so now it's like, okay, so this is your type, I guess. Right. So I'm like, okay, well maybe that makes more sense why I'm not his type. Maybe I'm too, I don't know. Maybe I curled my hair too much. I don't know. Or I'm too thin. I don't, I don't really know. So, um, Anyways, some people send me some more stuff. They send me a picture of the full family, him and his wife and the two kids. And this picture of him, he looks like Jafar from Aladdin, like exactly like I said before. So I show people on my close friend's story, his headphone picture that's completely um, filtered, 
and he's like making this face where he's like looking like kind of he, it's such a gay expression i can't even explain it he's like hmm, like me and he's pointing at himself from above like pointing down while he's like looking up at the camera i mean it's a very coy looking pose and it's not one that men do it's weird like hetero men so and i'm still on the fence about the gay thing i really am because of that picture but anyways i show that picture side to side with the picture that somebody sent me the family photo of him and i'm like talk about a catfish like he doesn't look anything like this picture and to tell you the truth i didn't even know what he looked like yesterday because he wore sunglasses and the, the hat the whole time so it's like he was like in disguise really and um so people are like oh my god ugly like he doesn't look any he has no right like everyone was like very defensive of me and like god he's like not even at your level he's like not a good looking guy and how dare him basically and i do think a lot of it has to do with his wealth i think he thinks like that his he's ultra amazing because he has money i really do think that's part of it um and here's the other part um he somebody found his youtube channel he has four subscribers <laughs> and he did a video on like fixing his car and she was able to catch a shot of him where he walked by the camera and the camera was above it was looking down at the car and it caught the top of his head well this video i don't know when it was made but he is balding like he's totally balding and he had the hat on and i made the comment about liking younger guys because they aren't losing their hair I said it twice. <laughs> Little did I know this guy was balding. And I don't know. I just never even thought about it when we were together. So with that, I do kind of think, and because our, our date ended shortly after I shared why I date younger guys, it really did. It ended shortly after that. I do think that I might have offended him. I think I hit something real sensitive. I do. And so um, I don't really know for sure. But Anyways, um, I'm trying to think if I'm forgetting anything. I think that's about it. So yeah, that was my, my date that really, honestly, I feel very, um, like I have cold feet about dating right now. I'm like very like nervous about going out with somebody else. Cause that was such a shit show for what should have just been a super easy little meetup and nice to meet you. And I don't, he could have even never said another word to me and I would have been fine, honestly, but he had to write his little, you know, monologue back to me about not being into me. And, you know, I'm, even if you're into me, I could go on a walk with you, but I'm not going to give you anything. I'm not sticking my dick in you. And he doesn't know anything about my HIV diagnosis, by the way, none of that. He doesn't have my phone number. He, there was, unless he found me through Google search with backward, you know, doing the photos backwards, but, um, a reverse search or whatever, but I doubt it. I don't know that guys really do that. I think he might've asked me if he, but you know, that never came up. So I think I offended him about the hair, but I also feel like he wasn't into me earlier on because I do know that he was not asking me shit and he wasn't looking at me. So it's like, dude, I don't know what you're looking for. You're not all that. Like you need to step off your ledge a little bit and chill the F out. And I know it, it has to do with his wealth. It has to. So, and, um, you know, I'm sure he's aware that I am not wealthy and that I work, you know, hard and I, maybe he's worried about his money. I don't know. I don't want his damn money, but anyways, it was, um, it was a really ego blow for what should have just been a fun little meetup at the beach. And I was so mad after because I was like, damn, it's like he brought me into his little web 
just to spit me out and kick me to the curb. Like, this was awful. Like, I really, I feel like I went through like a wash machine and just got like spun out at the end, you know? So, <coughs> man, just when I think a man is so nice, because I told my mom this the night before, he's so nice. I, I need to like realize and remember that this isn't the case. I don't think these men exist. I don't think these men that are so nice exist. They don't. I really am more jaded every day and feel so happy in my singleness and just being alone and not dealing with any of this bullshit. Um, so yeah, that's all I have to say about him. And, uh, I haven't seen Nathan. We've talked. He's invited me over. I had too much of a cold when he invited me over like five days ago. Um, and I don't know. I don't know how I feel at the moment to tell you the truth. <coughs> I don't know if I feel like seeing him. It doesn't like, I thought about that yesterday that I could have gone and seen him yesterday to try to fill whatever sadness I felt. And I thought, nope, that's not going to really help anything. I don't really want that. I don't want to like fill that bad feeling that I had from this whole experience by running to another man. Like, I don't think that's going to make it any better. So you know what made it better? Going to bed and sleeping and waking up in the morning. I mean, it really is amazing what sleep does. It really does cure so much of anything that's kind of shitty in your life. I swear to God, go to bed, just go to bed and wake up in the morning and it, uh, things do feel so much better and lighter. It's amazing. So, okay, that's it for this podcast. Um, I will come back and do one on I, so I took a trip into Chicago two years ago. And the reason I've been thinking about it is because I was playing, um, that girl who sings deja vu, Vanessa, or what's her name? Ortega. I can't remember her name. Anyway, she was real hot. Like two years ago, she had all those amazing songs. I was listening to that today when I was laying out in the sun and it brought me right back to summer 2021 where I flew out to Chicago to meet a man that found me through Instagram who had HIV anxiety. He was a straight guy and we developed a friendship and a flirtation and I have never told the story about what happened when I went out to meet him. So I will tell that story next time because it's a, it's a good one. So anyways, okay guys, that's it. Have a good rest of the week and weekend, and I'll be back soon. I promise. Love you guys. Bye. If you'd like to be notified for any of my upcoming podcasts, be sure to subscribe. If you'd like to help this girl out, then please rate, review, and share my show. Thanks guys.